0: Well, good morning. Good morning. This is a beautiful sunny morning, isn't it? Welcome to Mayflower, where we believe that faith is a journey. God is good. Jesus saves and the spirit leads us toward faith, hope and love as we honor the dignity of all God's children. We're so excited that you decided to join us this morning in worship. Whether you're here in the sanctuary or joining us via live stream, if you would please find that friendship register And sign it and pass it, or the e-register. That would be very helpful to us. Uh, Please also note there are prayer cards in the pew rack in front of you. If you want to fill that out, whether for prayer this morning or be put on our weekly prayer list, the ushers will collect those during our middle hymn. Please note, too, that I will be available after the postlude if you have a special prayer request that you would like prayer, personal prayer this morning. So this is very exciting. For all the eighth graders, confirmation starts Today, after the service, we'll meet in the chapel for instructions on the next confirmation class. And, great news, Mayflower is growing. We have a very long list of folks who want to be new members. Isn't that great? So, on February 13th, we're going to start a new member class. And uh, a couple weeks after that, we will welcome our newest members of 2022. So, this morning, Rachel Cooley has some great announcements. So, let's welcome Rachel.
1: good morning. as many of you remember this fall we were doing some cleaning and we came across these books the first twenty five years of mayflower. and if you've not picked up your book or you know someone who would like one there are still others of them back in the northex. They are such a great historical reference to those first twenty five years here at mayflower. Well, this week, we were doing more cleaning. We cleaned the back hallway that goes behind the sanctuary that is called Trudy's Alley. And we came upon boxes of these calendars that some of you may recognize that were created for the 50th anniversary of Mayflower. Again, they hold precious pictures and history of this amazing place, and so back on the tables in the Narthex, there are some of these that you may pick up if you'd like. Out of looking through these, I find that there have been so many events here at Mayflower over the years as different fundraisers. Some of you may remember the, I I call it the dollhouse, but it was called the miniature house show That, um, many of you are nodding your heads, that seemed amazing. I wish I was around during that time. But you also held bazaars and women's teas, and you did ski weekends. It was amazing. So what we have done, some of you may hear that we um, have been starting the plans to renovate the parlor, which will need um, funds for that. So this spring, we are having a spring bazaar. Thank you. And for this bazaar, we would love to invite all of you to participate in one way or another. If you have a gift of being an artisan and a handcrafter, we would love for you to donate your items to be sold. If you are able to donate um, silent auction items, that would be wonderful. And if you know how to bake a cake, we would love even that because we are going to have a cakewalk which neither of my kids have ever done. And so when I explained what a cakewalk is, and I have high schoolers that are thinking they may not have done one either, it's the most fun thing ever that is in a school carnival. So out on the, a table in the Narthex, you will see a, um, some sign-up forms for that. Murray Idema and I are the chair people for that event. Thank you.
2: Good morning. I'm your moderator, Susan Jones, and as your moderator, it's my pleasure to announce that for 2022, Mayflower will fund Christian Outreach at $135,000, which represents 15% of paid pledges and other contributions for 2021. Let me explain our church's prudent path to Christian Outreach allocations. At the end of each calendar year, 15% of that year's pledges and other contributions are allocated for Christian Outreach for the coming year. The 15% allocation for 2022 is possible due to the 2021 generosity of church members, including more than budgeted end-of-year donations. Other factors well worth of note are these. First, extraordinary financial management by our pastors and staff. And second, our receipt of one time federal paycheck protection program funds in the amount of one hundred and seventeen thousand dollars. In light of this good news, you might wonder why we continue to ask for additional financial commitments for twenty twenty two. And that's a worthy question. Currently, we've received I'm sorry, seven hundred and seventeen thousand in commitments from about one hundred and eighty pledge units for twenty twenty two. That is below the amount pledged and committed for 2021, and it is about 40 pledges short of the commitments made for 2021. Our Finance Committee is willing and able to develop a 2022 budget based on this figure. To be realistic, that budget will include a deficit. The amount committed to date is um, less than what was pledged and paid in 2021, and we also have to make up for the one time PPP funds which are not available in 2022. We will continue to pray that those of our members who have not seen fit to make a specific commitment to Mayflower for 2022 will do so as soon as possible so that we are not in a deficit position and do not have to consider cuts to staffing, programming, or 2023 Christian outreach. To those of you who have made your 2022 commitment, please accept the sincere thanks of your council, finance committee, stewardship committee, and staff. You understand the necessity of having a predictable flow of income for our church to keep our incredible staff, our inspiring worship and programs, and our stately building continuing with the excellence we all know as a hallmark of Mayflower Congregational Church. If you have any questions or concerns at any time, please contact me at your convenience. Thank you.
3: Good morning. This morning we welcome Carol McNally, uh, organist, uh, and we are so grateful for her leadership of our service as we sing this morning. Uh, the theme today is Christ Calling of the Disciples, and you'll notice that the choir's anthem is Come and Follow Me, uh, The Calling of Christ, by husband and wife composers Mary Kay Beale and John Carter. You'll also notice that the hymns that we will sing as a congregation this morning um, also touch on the idea of Christ calling us. And it all leads to the final hymn that we will conclude our service with this morning, um, and that is Here I Am, Lord, The famous hymn which says back to God, here I am, what are you asking me to do and who are you calling me to become?
0: If you're holding your bulletin, will you please join me responsively in our call to worship this morning? I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer, my God, my rock, in whom I take refuge, my shield, and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call upon the Lord, who is worthy to be praised. Come. Let us praise and worship the Lord. Let us pray together. Holy Lord, you call us to follow you. It is a simple request, and yet also the most difficult. We must leave behind the things of this world that ensnare us, deceive us, and lead us astray. We must repent and be willing to change. Help us to do this. Please grow us in our faith to be the people you would have us to be. May we live in the light of the good news of Jesus today and every day. Amen.
1: I'd like to invite all the children worshiping with us to come forward for the children's message. Good morning, everyone. I have two new friends here to do the children's message. This is Jenna and Molly, and they are so excited to be with you this morning.
4: Good morning, everybody. I'm Jenna. And I'm Molly, and we grew up going to Mayflower just like you guys. We sat on these steps once upon a time, too. And today we would like to talk about how everything happens for a reason. Sometimes God puts us through hardships on purpose. Through these hard times, he shows us a light and introduces us to a new path. When one door closes, another door opens. For example, when I broke my leg, it felt like nothing was the same, and I wasn't happy. I didn't feel like myself. However, he showed me a new light, and I ended up picking up guitar, which I loved and had a lot of fun with. Although everything seemed dark, my horizons ended up broadening, and things turned out all right because God showed me a new way. Like Jenna, I think we all shared a similar experience. During COVID, nothing was very exciting, and I found myself bored every day. Who here picked up a new hobby or participated in a new activity during COVID? (laughs) I started running more outside so that when quarantine ended, I felt inspired to join the swim team again. This opened a lot of new doors for me and still brings me joy. God puts us through this hardship, but he knew we could grow stronger and find the good in it. In Samuel chapter 22, verse 3, it is said that God is my strength and power, and he makes my way perfect. To wrap it up, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for bringing us here today and through every hard time, guiding us to see the positive and pushing us towards growth to become better people in your light. And in God's name we pray. Amen.
1: Thank you, girls. It's so fun to have you up here on the front steps teaching when you were the little people that were up here just a few years ago. All right, friends. Let's stand up and let's head to Sunday school.
3: I invite you to take the Bible in the pew rack in front of you and turn to page 707 where we'll discover the scripture reading for this morning. Page 707, it's Mark chapter 1. We're going to begin our reading at verse 14. But just before verse 14 and 20 records as Mark writes, He has also told us that Jesus has just been baptized and then has gone through 40 days of temptation. And now another interesting happening opens up the preaching of the gospel. So let's look now. Mark 1, verse 14. After John was put in prison... Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. As Jesus walked beside the sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once, they left their nets and followed him. When he had gone a little further, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat, preparing their nets. Without delay, he called them. And they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
5: Well, good morning. If you would allow me, I'd like just to take a moment to uh, say to those of you who have been following the uh, events of my family, I'm humbled uh, by your concern and your prayers for our 13-year-old granddaughter. My wife and I have just spent a week in South Carolina, Greenville, with them. She is recovering from brain surgery. And after a difficult first week, uh, she is doing very, very well. And it was a uh, uh, well, it was an experience kind of beyond description uh, to see her get better before our very eyes. So we are newly back from a trip down south. I would say a week ago today on Sunday morning, a blizzard hit Greenville, South Carolina. Churches were closed. Everybody stopped. There was no school all week. Greenville is about the size of Grand Rapids, and they have one snowplow. So there was nothing to do but to care for our granddaughter and, and be with the kids and eat and sleep and read. And it was really a relaxing week. And I thank you for for your prayers. It made a real difference. And, and we're just rejoicing in, in her recovery. Those of you who know of him, I think, would agree that one of the Outstanding leaders of West Michigan in the last decade is a man by the name of Max Dupree, well known in West Michigan and really well known uh, around the country for his leadership in business, for being a Christian statesman, an author of a number of books, and one of the statements of Max Dupree that he is best remembered for is his statement that the first task of a leader is to define reality, to understand the truth of where we are as we step forward into whatever may be uh, before us in the endeavor of our life and work. I think that's true, but the fact is that uh, owning up to reality can be difficult. It can be threatening. It can even be scary. Someone tells the story of a man who was out of work. His unemployment compensation had run out, and he was rather desperate. So he went to the zoo and asked for work. And the zookeeper told him there was really nothing available, but he could he could make a few dollars if he was willing by taking the place of the gorilla who had died just a couple of days before. Well, now, ordinarily, the man, he wouldn't even consider such a thing, but he really needed some money. So he accepted the job, he put on the gorilla suit, and he made his way to the gorilla cage. Turned out, it wasn't really such a bad job. All he had to do was eat a few bananas every day and swing on a rope. And after a while, he kind of began to like his job. Uh, but alas, you know, all good things must come to an end. And one day as he was swinging away, the rope broke and he fell into the lion's cage. He started to yell for help. The lion got up out of his resting place and made his way closer to the gorilla. The closer the lion came, the louder the man screamed. The lion came right up to him and nudged him and said, Hey buddy, if you don't shut up, we're both going to lose our job." Well, oftentimes reality comes with a bit of bad news, trapped in the lion's den. But I want to say that Jesus really took a different approach. Reality begins for Jesus with you are loved and blessed by a God who would go to any lengths to be with you, even to the point of a cross. But that is getting a bit ahead of ourselves at this point. In the text that Eric read, Jesus' ministry, as he said, is just opening up. And the first call is to face reality. In three quick, short commands that lead to transformation and the infusion of God into human life, Jesus says that we are to... Repent, believe, and follow. Those are the first three commands in the Gospel of Mark as Jesus opens up his ministry. So he is saying, look, here's reality. The kingdom of God is here. It's near. It has come. It's being handed to you. It's going to be lived out before you. And no matter who you are, with three quick steps, you can step into life in the kingdom of God. Jesus says the time is now, meaning this is the moment of opportunity. And the word for time is that interesting Greek word kairos, signifying the opportune moment, a sacred event. A decisive time. The time's fulfilled, Jesus says. There's no more waiting. Today is the day. Three things. Three commands. The first is that word, repent. I don't know about you, but, you know, through my life when I've heard that word, I say, oh boy, I've been caught again i got to grovel and shame. But no, 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 says Jesus. Now, admittedly, John the Baptist, who called people to repent, took a bit of that approach. But Jesus doesn't. He's not negative about it. He sees it as a gracious invitation. You don't have to go through life stuck in the sameness of today. Now's the time for a whole new world. Are you interested? It's an invitation that just drips with possibility. Now, Jesus doesn't say the kingdom of God will come if. If you shape up or if you agree with me or if you put money in the collection plate. He says it's come. And all you need to do is to take it in, to experience it. And the first thing to do is to turn. That's what the word repent means, metanoia, turn and change direction. The call is before us all of the time. It's the call That is full of grace and blessing. Jesus is not trying to beat us down. He's not trying to put us in detention or to ground us. He's offering us a way that will set us free. That will give us new eyes. That will transform us. He says there can be a new you. It's your choice. Jesus says, I'm I'm going this way, and the fact is you can't divert him. People tried to, but they couldn't. And you can either watch him go, or you can get up and go with him. So, to those who he calls that day, Peter and Andrew and James and John, and those he will call throughout his ministry... And throughout history, down the centuries, to this day in 2022, he's saying to us all, you're going to have an opportunity to see with your own eyes the reign of God in a person, the kingdom of God. And it's going to be startling. And you know, as you read the gospel, so many times it says of the disciples, they were amazed. Of the crowd that witnessed the life and work of Jesus, they were amazed. They were amazed. They're seeing the kingdom of God in action right before them. They will see pure love like they've never seen it before. They will see a divine awareness in this one who walks among them. They will see justice and compassion and grace and faith and trust in God and forgiveness and joy and peace like they never knew existed. Are you interested, he says? Do you want that? Well, come on. Let's go. They will have an authentic encounter with God. And authentic encounters with God repentance is always a part of that a turning not always an easy turn but there's always a turning the wonderful passage in the old testament in isaiah chapter 6 isaiah in a in a year a time of tumult the king has died king uzziah king for over 40 years In the year that King Uzziah died, he said, I went to the temple and there I saw the Lord high and lifted up. Somehow God breaks through and he sees him in his glory. And he sees the angels flying about the temple, crying out, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And Isaiah didn't stand up and cheer. Yay, yay, yay. He just fell at his feet and says, woe is me. For I'm a man of unclean lips and I dwell amidst a people of unclean lips. I have got to change. And after the story and the text that that Eric read today, it won't be much later that Peter, who responded that day, he's getting to know about this man and he's out in a fishing boat with him. They, the disciples, have fished all night and caught nothing. And Jesus says, you know, Throw the net on the other side. And there's this great multitude of fish immediately caught. In. While the other disciples are busy you know, gathering them in, Peter looks at this man and he realizes, wow, there is something here that I have never encountered in my life. And his response is to say, oh, Lord, depart from me. How can I be in your presence? For I am a sinful man. And Jesus just says, hey, come on. Keep following. You're going to see amazing things. And you're going to do amazing things in my kingdom. After the resurrection of Christ. The disciple John, who was there that day in the text that we read. Now he's an old man. He's on ex. Exiled to the island of Patmos. But he has a vision of the risen Christ. Glorious, indescribable, but justy. And John doesn't jump up and say, hip, hip, hooray. He says, I fell at his feet as though dead. Hmm. Authentic encounters with the living Christ are humbling. They call us to change, to turn. When people encounter God in raw holiness and sheer sure purity, it's not a moment of personal pride or show-offiness. It's not like the wide receiver who just caught the game-changing touchdown pass who struts around, tries to get away from his teammates a little bit, are all running toward him, so the camera can be just on him and throws out his chest. And, you know, aren't I great? Aren't I wonderful? I did it. Look what I did. It's totally different when we meet God. We throw ourselves open and we ask for mercy. Repentance is a graceful shift From turning away from God to moving toward God. And as you turn toward God, then open up your heart, Jesus says, and believe. Believe what? He says, believe the gospel. Believe the good news. What the word gospel means. believe that in the midst of a troubling, complex, conflicted world, the true news, not fake news, the true news is good. God has come to be with us. Now, it's hard to get that into our souls. Living in a world that is complex and tragic. That's part of reality. A world of living and dying, of hunger and thirst, of filling and quenching and longing, of joy and of sorrow. In the reality of that, there is good news. Jesus is bringing God's kingdom to us. In Jesus, God's kingdom has come. And in the days ahead, if they, those first disciples, repent, believe, and follow, they will see before their very eyes the outworking of the kingdom. Love, working to overcome hate. Life is defeating death. Hope, Is filling the hopeless. The sick are being healed. The oppressed set free. Good news. Do you believe it? Is that at the bedrock of your life? The core of the kingdom of God is good. So turn and move toward Jesus. Believe the good news. And follow. Repent. Believe. Follow. This is the invitation to relationship. It implies moving. Going from where I am to a place where I have never been. When you follow Jesus... You don't arrive and settle and say, Here I am, I'm sticking right here. I've arrived, you know. I'm not moving. No, when you follow Jesus, you're always on the move, always growing, always following. Jesus was on the move, beginning that day by the shores of Galilee, all the way to Calvary. Jesus would say, if you will follow, you will have to decide every day to get up and move with me. They didn't know it yet, but one day, about three years ahead, He's going to gather his followers, about 120 of them by then. And he's going to say to them, this gospel that you believed, that you saw lived out before you, this good news that you have witnessed of love and life that has defeated death, now you take that to all of the world. If you follow me, he says, you will go to the ends of the earth to share the good story, the story of Jesus' love. So like those by the Sea of Galilee that day, Peter and Andrew and James and John, you and I have to decide every day, will we follow Jesus? They did. Our life was transformed. The Jesus way begins with repent, believe, follow. A basic practice for us every day of our life. Amen.
0: Whether you give here in person, online, or via text, your your gifts are a blessing to the ministry here at Mayflower Church. Thank you for your generosity. Momentarily, the ushers will come forward to receive today's offering. Holy Lord, we thank you for your provision and for your grace. May we, in turn, use what you have given us to be a blessing to all those we encounter. And may you be glorified. Amen. Now, this is the time when we used to, do you remember when we used to pass the peace? (laughs) This was at the time in the service we used to do that. And it's not exactly maybe so safe to do that. But last week, I asked you to turn around and wave at all of our live stream folks. So if you wave and maybe turn to the people around you, you don't need to get close, but maybe a smile, a nod, a wave before you sit down would be appropriate. Peace be with you all. (laughs) I know it's goofy, but we're doing the best we can, right? Okay, you may be seated. Thank you. It's wonderful to be together and to know that we're surrounded by More people than, of course, are here physically in the sanctuary. But we have a large community. We are a church family. And sometimes we just need to be reminded of that, don't we? So that's part of what we do when we go to the congregational prayer. The requests that have come in through the week are the ones that just came in on the prayer cards. We can hold each other and this church in prayer together. So let's do that now. Oh, God, you have called us. You have invited us to join you in proclaiming the good news. And living in the kingdom of God here and now. And as we're reminded this morning that we need to look at reality. Because there is this call for us to repent, to believe, and to follow. To embrace the change that drips with possibility as we pursue transformation. And we do that through an authentic encounter with the living Christ. What an amazing invitation you have extended to us. And this call for us to believe in the good, the true news of love and life and hope and freedom that living with Christ brings. And Lord, let us not forget this call to follow. We may stumble, we may trip, we may not always know what that looks like. But we're reminded again, as Steve said, you are on the move and you hold the future We have this invitation to be growing, to be transforming, and there is a movement in that, and that is exciting. So when we look forward in our own lives to what is next, what is next in the life of this church, may we do so with great anticipation. And may you be the one leading us. And this morning we are so overcome with gratitude for Steve's granddaughter, Madeline's surgery, and that she is on the road to recovery. So many have been lifting her up in prayer these past several weeks. So we give you the glory that she is on this road to recovery. And Lord, this morning, we lift up the father-in-law, the father of Bill and Susan Jones' daughter-in-law, Tanya. His name is Jimmy Wisner, and he's in the hospital today in North Carolina with heart problems. So Lord, we pray for wisdom, we pray for healing, we pray for peace for their whole family in this difficult time. Lord, we know there are many people in this room and loved ones of those in this room that are struggling with health issues we pray for your hand of healing your divine supernatural hand of healing to intervene we know you can do it so we trust you we praise you and lord we lift up these confirmands these eighth graders who are going through this important rite here at mayflower to be confirmed into your family of god here to become members of this church So we pray for their journey ahead. And Lord, we are grateful, grateful, grateful that you are bringing new people into the Mayflower family, new members that want to join the work and the movement that is happening here in the ministry of this church. So we praise you for that. And may you also go with that group as we go through the new member classes and new member booklets and all the things that we have ahead of us. May you be with these new members as they join us in this journey. And, Lord, we have lots of requests. We have grocery lists of requests, things that we would like for you to do in and through us. But, Lord, we know as followers it's important to listen. It's important to carve out that space where we can hear you, where our souls can respond to the calling that you've extended to us, this invitation. So let's have a moment of silence here where we can listen. And now may we sing the song response together. Lord, hear our prayer. Lord, hear our prayer. And now may we join our hearts and our voices together in praying the prayer that Jesus taught the disciples. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors.
5: The Apostle Paul, when he tried to describe this God who had come to us, bringing his kingdom of love and grace and wonder, wrote this. Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and how inscrutable are his ways. For from him and through him and to him are all things. To Him be the glory, now and forever. Go forth. Live the good news. The kingdom has come in Jesus. Amen.